0: Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. All
1: right, here we go. It's a brand-new Flyers Daily for the 22nd of December, creeping ever so closer to Christmas and the Christmas break. Flyers in action actually this afternoon, 2 o'clock puck drop in Toronto, some sort of kid's day or something. It's no holiday or special day north of the border, but it's going to be the Flyers and the Leafs today. And we could see probably tomorrow, Maybe the NHL debut of Samuel Urson. Well, he's been called up because Felix Sandstrom has gotten sick and unable to make the trip. So the Flyers have recalled Sam Urson. What has Urson done this year? Played a lot of hockey. 18 games this year, and he has got a 2.72 goals against average and a 9.10 save percentage for the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. Troy Grosnick's been out, and Urson's got quite a few games in last year, all year. He played a total of five games. He was dealing with some injuries. So Sam Erson has been called. His performances have been really good with the Phantoms, and it's a goaltender that the organization is certainly high on, so we could see him coming up tomorrow in Carolina on the back-to-back. I am presuming that Carter Hart gets the start today against Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, and the Toronto Maple Leafs. So in this episode, we have a guest. It is the president of hockey operations and general manager, Chuck Fletcher. We're going to talk about a number of topics throughout this almost 30-minute conversation. Talk about rebuild. We'll talk about retool. We'll talk about some players in particular, some prospects, and much more. Here's Flyers general manager, Chuck Fletcher. Chuck, how are you doing?
0: Doing well, Jason. How are you?
1: Is this a chaotic time for you guys right before the holidays?
0: It, uh, you know, it's been nice being home for a few days like everybody else, Uh, All the players and everybody have, you know, there's family around and things to do to get ready for the holidays. But I think it makes it a little bit better. um, Being around for the last few days and, and, uh, you know, got a busy week this week, starting uh, three games and four days here on on Tuesday. And then, um, and then we had West right after. So it's schedules always, uh, always busy, but uh, it's nice being home right before the holidays.
1: And you have the World Juniors that'll be coming in as well, which we'll talk about. Let's talk about the early Christmas gift that you got that you didn't want. And that was the news regarding Cam Atkinson, Chuck. Uh, He's going to have that surgery and he is lost for the season. Um, Talk about kind of the process to get to this point, to make that decision to go to surgery and just what it means for the club to not have a guy who could clearly help on the ice. But I think just as much as he could help on the ice is what he brings off the ice to the room.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, the second part of your question, I mean, clearly he, as everybody saw last season, he was, you know, probably our most consistent forward, and uh, is good offensively. He can create with his speed and his tenacity. He can score goals. Uh, was a top penalty killer for us. Always a threat to, to get a shorthanded chance when he's on the ice, uh, three on three. He helped us um, defensive situations. He's such a detailed player. So clearly we miss his, his two way game. And, uh, but, you know, probably even as importantly, I think he would have been a great conduit uh, for torts uh, to the room, having experienced torts in Columbus and had some ups and downs with them early in his career, and then worked his way into, into, into being a favorite of, of torts. So I think he would have been a real good conduit for some of the players there as, as you get used to a new coach and, 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 what he likes and what he doesn't like. So we, you know, we've lost a lot on and off the ice without cam. And, you know, I think the the good news out of all this is we've, you know, cam has, I believe come to the right decision, um, pursuing surgery and let's take care of this issue, uh, once and for all. And, and, um, it's a surgery that we feel will be successful and, and will allow cam to come back and, and uh, play next season and be a good hockey player again for us. And, you know he's been dealing with some discomfort and some pain, and and so I'm sure um, it'll be nice for him to to hopefully uh, in the near future here be relatively pain free and be on the road to recovery. But it was it was a long process, and and Cam, uh, you know felt um, felt he could rehab and come back from this, and he tried for for several weeks to to do so, and there was certainly times where we actually had him penciled into a lineup a, a few days. You know a few days later and and then um, we just couldn't get him over that final hump a few times so uh, you know after consulting uh, with some medical professionals here in the last week I think we've we've gotten to the right place and but certainly he tried he didn't leave anything uh, on the table he, he he did everything he could from a rehab perspective to to come back and play and avoid surgery uh, but it, it just wasn't um, you know it just, wasn't possible to continue this after sort of this last uh, last stretch where he couldn't get over the hump again.
1: Chuck, it did look almost like he was imminent to return. We saw him at practice a couple of weeks ago and banging with Rasmus Ristolainen and, you know, cleared for contact, not wearing the no-contact jersey. So he, he was knocking right on the door. How frustrating of a process has this been for Cam to feel like he was knocking on the door of getting on the ice and now ultimately ends up under the knife?
0: Yeah, I mean he's he's very disappointed. He he loves to play, loves being around the rink. He's such a competitor, and and uh, you know when you have it taken away from you like this for an extended period of time for a whole season, it, it's got to be extremely difficult mentally. And you know he's always upbeat when he's around the players, but I know it it's been difficult for him and and uh, and, and frustrating. You know because again you have days where you feel like you're really close, and then. And then the next day it feels like you've taken a step back and it's, it's just the reality of having, uh, you know, sort of that nerve irritation and, and, um, you know, he just couldn't get that the last little bit of strength left and in his left arm. And, and, um, you know, so he, again, this is the right decision, but I know for a player like that, that's had to battle so hard just to make it to the league and then to become a good player in the league. Now you have it taken away from you for an entire season. It's, um, it's 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 extremely frustrating for him,
1: Chuck. It's almost like we've la- learned a harsh lesson about anything with the spine or back that things can change very quickly, can't they?
0: Yeah, they can. Uh, they can, and we've seen it with a, with a couple of our players and Kucheray yeah. and Farabee, obviously, and, and Brownie. Uh, yeah, Brownie. Brownie's been you know battling those type of issues for a while, and it, it's hard. It's it's hard, and uh, it's a tough league though, physical league, and uh, you know you look at. Couturier Brown and Atkinson in particular, they, they play the game hard. They played a, a, a lot of hockey and uh, you know, there's a lot of wear and tear and, and uh, it's not just these guys. You look around the league and uh, there's all a, a lot of players that deal with these issues and it's the nature of a contact sport and, and, uh, and the unpredictability maybe of when, uh, you know, you feel good. And the next thing you know, you have, you know, something gives and, and uh, just, just that cumulative wear and tear that, that happens with a lot of these players.
1: Yeah, I see the the list of players that'll be out for Columbus, and it makes me think they really want to add two more games to this schedule. It's, it's such a high-speed, high-collision game. It may not seem as rough as it was back in the day, but when the players are faster, the impacts are even higher. Let, let's talk about Sean Couturier, because I know you mentioned uh, that he could get back on the ice late December, January. Um, where is his recovery? First of all, how's he feeling, and where is his recovery process, and what has he been able to – kind of accomplish already is he working aerobically off the ice
0: yeah he's mainly been doing uh, a lot of walking on the treadmill right now and 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 some some therapy uh downstairs every day and uh you know at some point here in the near future he'll start to get back on the ice and uh certainly won't be demanding skates initially but just get him back on 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 his skates and and allow him to um continue to progress so he'll he'll see Uh, the surgeon again in early january which i think will be his 10 10 week checkup and if all is still trending the right way at that point in time then he'll be um you know cleared to start uh start pushing a little bit more i guess you would say right now it's been more about rest and recovery and very light workouts but i i think uh all going well you know by by early to mid january he'll be able to start ramping up and and start focusing more on the conditioning and and strengthening uh, part of the rehab program.
1: Chuck, is it important for him to be, if he can, to be able to get back this season for 10 or 15 games to knock off the rust? Or is is erring on the side of caution, since he's already had a setback and had that second surgery to go back in, is that more the prudent approach with Sean Couturier? Because he hasn't played hockey since last December.
0: Well, I I think the medical uh, people feel that if he can get back healthy and and he's healthy, then he should come back and play. And, you know, from my perspective, as long as he's healthy, I think, you know, if he can come back and play this year, it'll be great. You don't want to miss too much time away from the game. And, um, uh, you know, I think he he missed uh, 50-odd games last year, and and he will have missed uh, probably 50 to 60 this year if he's able to come back by March 1. And so I think it would be important for him psychologically to get back out there and know that you can still play and, and that you're healthy and and from, uh, you know, continuing your your career standpoint to, you know, to get some reps and knock the rust off, as you said, but just be out there and, and get some game action prior to a, a big summer um, of training uh, coming up for him, uh, I, I think would be critical.
1: Yeah, I think that was critical for Kevin Hayes last year. I was a guy that sanctioned him coming back if he was good because I thought it was an opportunity for to send him into the offseason feeling like a hockey player again. I think that's important. So let's go to Kevin Hayes. I, obviously, he was healthy scratched in the last game, Chuck, and he's been sat down for a third period of a couple of games. And, you know, this is towards accountability doesn't take a day off. Accountability is for everybody or it's for nobody um, the situation with Kevin Hayes—I I don't know how it plays out—but what's kind of your read on on how the minds are are going to move forward here?
0: Well, I think we'll we'll move forward fine. I mean, th- this is—you know—Torts is he's not the only coach, but certainly he's—you know—certainly had a track record of of um, be very uh, being very demanding of, of players and holding them to a certain standard, and you know this year. You know, Kevin has certainly faced that, uh, Konechny has, um, Joel Faraby, uh, Tony D'Angelo, uh, even Cam York coming out of camp. He wanted more out of Cam, and, and, and Cam went down to Lehigh Valley and worked on some things, and so I, I think it's normal, um, and again, Torch isn't the only coach that does this, and, and uh, you know, he always gives you a chance to get back in, and he's uh, very transparent with what he expects out of you, and uh, Hazy is a smart guy. He's a good hockey player, and I I have no doubt he'll he'll uh, they'll find a happy medium, and and um, you know Hazy will get back to doing what he does well, and and torts will get out of it what he wants. But uh, you know I, I think it's important that everyone's held to that that standard for for our team right now. We don't have a, a, a big margin um, in terms of having some good players out and not being the most skilled team. Uh, you know we need to really play a certain way and and play it consistently to give ourselves a chance to be successful. So I, I know that's in the bigger picture, that's the message towards ascending and, and, and Hazy's a good player. He's played a long time in this league and I have no doubt he'll adapt and, and uh, we'll move forward and, and he'll be a good player for us.
1: Chuck, as you just alluded to, I mean, obviously the, the injuries that you guys are dealing with, they're not only, the only one team's had more man games lost than you guys. That's Toronto Maple Leafs, but uh, Austin Matthews, John Tavares, Mitch Marner and William Nylander haven't missed a game. So it's it's not sometimes that you have injuries, it's who you have injured and it's decimated you guys in a lot of ways with a key spots. And it's nice to say next man up, but that's often next man up is not the man that you lost. And you're in this position right now, Now, about a year ago was when the term aggressive retool came out. Uh, We haven't heard the term rebuild, but things change very quickly in this league. And it's based on circumstance um, nobody wants to term this a certain way, but the position you guys are in right now is a, a position where it looks like rebuild. Is is that a fair statement?
0: Well, I think over the last year we've been we've been trending younger. You look at our lineup this year; it's considerably younger than the lineup we we had uh, at the beginning of last year, certainly. And, and players like Katurie and Atkinson out, and Ellis out; those are veteran players, so we're replacing them with younger players for the most part so that's naturally going to drive your average age down but we've certainly um been adding a lot more young players and i i think the whole focus of what we're trying to accomplish this year under torts this first year uh, we've talked about the standard and, and and john uh instilling um a mindset in these players of how we need to play to be successful but we've also talked a lot about finding out uh you know, with the current personnel, who's going to be part of it going forward. So I think that that continues and the evaluation continues. And um, obviously there's been increased ice time for for some of these younger players or 23, 24, 25 year olds to start to get an opportunity to show that they can be part of it going forward. and th- And that'll continue. And hopefully we continue to see some progress there. And uh, obviously we have three first round picks the next two years. So it's, you know, it's something uh, we have an extra third, an extra fourth this year. So, you know, we've added some picks over the last year. And and I think as we go through, we'll just continue to see, you know, who we want to um, have be part of this group going forward. And and uh, if, if a player isn't a part of the group, then that'll be where we'll look to make changes. So I, I think over the next 30 games, as we get in get closer to the March deadline. Um, you know, those will be the questions we're asking here internally. And, and uh, you know, I think we're hopeful that the players through their performance on the ice will make the decisions uh, easy, and, easy and obvious. And
1: Brian Smith used the term at the deadline, March 3rd, the team will be in much more of a better position of clarity. I loved the term. Uh, yep. I, guess, I guess really a lot of it is yet to be determined because you don't know what pieces are part of the future so you don't know what pieces won't be here to what places to replace and then obviously the variables of the draft and all of those things um let's talk about um world juniors are coming up and cutter gautier played in the initial uh, play i guess the uh, the the interim round or whatever they call it and boy is he having a good season at boston college he had a good debut at world juniors with two assists uh what have you seen out of cutter i know you were up there a couple weeks ago and you've gotten some eyes on him uh he has really jumped out of his draft year and really started this part of his career very well.
0: Yeah, he's played. He's played well. I, I think the first uh, the first month or so of the season was a big adjustment for him. Uh, just even being a college student, um, the last couple of years, um, he mainly did online schooling. So I know getting back in the classroom and dealing with the rigors of being a, 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 a you know first semester freshman. Uh, is always a challenge for everybody. And uh, so I, I know it was a it was a big transition for him and he's feeling much more uh, comfortable in the classroom right now after after sort of grinding your way through like a lot of kids tend to do their first semester. But so I, I think there's been a lot of um, challenges for him, uh, playing center full-time. Last year, he bounced back and forth between center and wings. So there's a lot more defensive requirements of a centerman and, and trying to get used to what Greg Brown and his coaching staff wants and the demands they're putting on them. So I, I think the first month was okay. And then uh, the second month uh, November, as we got into early December, he started to take off and I think he got a little bit more comfortable with the system and his game away from the puck improved. But the one thing about Cutter is there's, there's a high level of compete. He can really shoot the puck. and And, and I think right from the first game of the year, he was impactful offensively and, and, uh, but I think if you spoke with Greg Brown and the coaches here, they would tell you that his game away from the puck and uh, his, his reliability from a defensive perspective was improving. So that's great because if you want to be a center in the NHL, there's a yeah. lot of demands uh, on the position besides uh, creating offense. And, and so I think we were really happy with his coachability, um, with, his, with his willingness to uh, – again, there was a couple challenges early. I know Greg challenged him a couple times, moved him to wing for one game to – to try to get him uh, to get his attention a little bit but he responded the right way um, much like we're seeing here with torts or, you know that happens at every level the coaches are always challenging the players and and uh, he he's done a really nice job so far
1: does this world junior tournament impact what happens to him at the end of the college season whether he turns pro or kind of his path a little bit is is there some determination that takes place because of a tournament like the world juniors where it's, you know, age again, you know, top age against top age.
0: I I don't know. I, it's a great development opportunity for him. I mean, as an 18 year old player, I think he's going to be on the top top line and first power play. And uh, that, that's pretty impressive because um, he still has another year of eligibility after this one. And so I think it'll be a great uh, benchmark for him and, and for us to see how he compares against some of the top under 20 players in the world, but he'll probably be playing more wing, um, at the world juniors, I think he's being reunited with Cooley and Snuggerud on, on the U 18 line from last year uh, that had so much success. So, uh, you know, I think the bigger issues for cutter will be in terms of, of of playing center at college and seeing how he continues to adjust. And, and uh, the NHL is a tough league to, to be learning uh, on the fly. So I think uh, the big thing for him will be how he continues to progress in his 200 foot game at college. And, um, he's got some big games once he gets back. And of course the bean pod and they're, they're trying to climb in the hockey standings and how far can they go. And uh, in, in terms of postseason plays, So I think those will probably be the bigger challenges there and uh, yeah. and we'll have to see, but this will be a great opportunity to see where he's at in the next two weeks. Uh, Does it make some more of the best s- players in the world?
1: Does it make more sense to assimilate him to the NHL on the wing first um, to, to lessen that responsibility? Cause the 200 foot game is you're right at the NHL level. It's, it's a huge responsibility and sometimes it can overwhelm a young player.
0: Well, that, that uh, Torts I don't think believes in that mindset. As now, Noah, Cates. Noah Cates. <laughs> so um, now Noah, obviously um, probably doesn't have the, the same offensive um, talent that, that cutter does, but uh, certainly is a extremely smart player away from the puck and, uh, did a great job. Uh, Scott Sandlin did a great job with him at, at Duluth, and and uh, so he they're they're probably coming at it from a little bit different ends of the spectrum. Where you know Noah's offensive game, we believe will continue to improve. And Cutter, like most players, moving full time to center have to probably work on the the the, the game away from the puck. So, but I, I I don't think so. I think you if you want him to be a center, you play him at center. Maybe they're, from time to time you you can move him to wing, but I think the you know, the best way to learn is by playing. And and that's why the games after the World Juniors will be really important for Cutters. he continues to get that experience at center.
1: Chuck, uh, down in Lehigh Valley, you know, the Flyer fans see a team that struggles to score. And you've got a guy down there in Tyson Forster who's doing a really nice job. When we spoke earlier this season, you were pretty steadfast that he's going to play down there and he's going to see all situations, see a ton of minutes. He's done that and really handled it well. You got a few guys down there that have been you know, playing really well with Denya and, and Adderd as well. Zamula's is there, you know, could we see more of these guys uh, at the NHL level as you go through this process of seeing who is who and what, and who is what?
0: Well, right now they're, they're in a great spot down there. I mean, Zamula obviously was started this season with us and has played a handful of games here. So he, he's clearly a guy that we're comfortable with up here. And I think he, he's the most likely to, to play up here, uh, as opposed to the others. I think the other players there, Forrester, DeNoye, Adderd, um, Adam Yennings actually played really, really well. Uh, Licksell's got, had three games up here, but uh, I think we feel that it's it's probably in their best interest to keep them in Lehigh Valley and, and, and play a lot. Forster's played, played really well. Um, he's leading our team in scoring. Uh, you know, he plays on, on the top line, top power play. And, and I, I think it's, um it's it's a tough league down there, and I think even though he had some experience in prior years in the American League, I think this year uh, the quality of the of, of the play is better than what it was two years ago when he played as a you know as as an 18 year old even. Um, but I, I think he's learning a lot and getting better, and I expect the second half he's going to really take off offensively. And uh, it tends to happen that these kids get 30 40 games in the American League, they start to find their stride and. And right now he's leading our team in scoring, but I still think there's another level he can get to. So he, he's in a good spot working hard and, and, uh, and, and again, uh, creating a lot of offense most nights.
1: Yeah, And the thing with, you know, the Phantoms right now is the, the, t- the players that are leading the way for the team are young players. Sometimes you see in the AHL, the players that are leading are actually the veterans that are, that are there to help develop the young players, but that's not the case for you guys. So that's a good thing. Uh, um, last thing, Chuck, obviously with, with some of the injuries that you're dealing with, you guys are operating in LTIR. Um, I I don't know, does Cam go on LTIR? What what do these season ending injuries, how do they affect kind of your cap situation now going forward and with a lot of uncertainty on, on some certain players, including Ryan Ellis?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ryan's on LTI and and we still, I think we have close to 3 million still in, in LTI space. So, and we're carrying 20, 22 players right now. So we're, we're in a pretty good situation that way. Uh, obviously we could create more LTI space if we need it, but I, I, right now I don't think we need that. And, and, um, you know, so we're in a good, good situation that way. Um, with respect, we have, we have flexibility to add a player or call players up or, or do whatever we need to do. So we're, I think we're fine that way. And, and, um, you know, we'd rather certainly rather have the players healthy than the LTI space. But, uh, you know, the one thing with when players are out that long, it, the, the cap shouldn't be any kind of issue for us this year.
1: I actually lied. I have one more question because I cannot get through an interview without asking about goaltending and the performance of Carter Hart. Um, Chuck, he has shown an ability this year uh, mentally. I mean, that, To me, that's the biggest stride in his game is where he is mentally. He's always been strong and ahead of his years. Uh, but this year, the way he has battled behind a team that doesn't score a lot—that's such an added pressure for a goaltender. The way he has carried himself, you know, no shoulder rolled shrugs or anything like. I mean, he has really just been in there, said, "This is my job. I'm going to do my job and give my team a chance." How impressed have you been uh, with uh, Carter Hart at 24 years of age?
0: Yeah, very impressed. And right, right from the first day of camp, he. Yep. He came back, seemed to be in a very good um, mental space. I know he had a great summer of training. You know, the last two seasons uh, were, were tough seasons for everybody, and I think he, um, you know, he worked hard this summer on what he wanted to do physically, but I think mentally coming back off the last two seasons, he just seemed to be a lot stronger, uh, had, had more experience, and was just in a really good frame of mind to battle. And he, and you're right, you, when he gives up a goal, It doesn't impact him at all. He bounces right back. You can, you can just see it in his confidence and the way he carries himself. Uh, I think he's, his practice habits have been at a a much higher level this year and he, he just looks uh, happier. He's he's in a really good place right now. Obviously frustrated like we all are with uh, not being able to win enough games here lately, but he's given us a chance every night when he plays and, and uh, you know, he's, he's been able to handle a heavy workload and it's been very impressive to see. And, He's 24, probably when a lot of goalies are just starting to, to starting their NHL journey. And he's got several years experience already. But he, um, it, it looks like he's just starting to hit the prime of his career. And I, I think there's some great years ahead here for Carter.
1: He's got the look in his eye of a goalie that wants to dominate and take over. And that is a scary look uh, for other teams. And uh, I talked to him this summer, and he, and he said he was able to park the last two years, got out with friends and, and just get rid of it. And I think that was a huge thing for him. Um, And it certainly has shown in his play and his performances so far this season. Chuck, uh, enjoy the holidays. Thanks for doing this as always, uh, right before the holidays. I know it's a busy time and uh, we'll talk soon.
0: All right, Jason. Yeah, happy
1: holidays. Thanks to General Manager Chuck Fletcher for taking the time to join us on Flyers Daily. Just short of the holidays and I hope everybody has a good holiday season. We will still be bringing you Flyers Daily every day, even Christmas Day. We don't ever take a day off in season. Flyers and Toronto Maple Leafs coming up today, this afternoon, at 2 o'clock from uh, Toronto. It'll be Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, and John Tavares, who had the hat trick against the Flyers in the last game today facing the Philadelphia Flyers, who have won two of their last three, and the Flyers are coming off that win over the Columbus Blue Jackets, the 5-3 win, where you had two goals from Konechny, two goals from Tippett, a goal from Morgan Frost, and two assists from Cam York. The young players, under-25-year-old players, really stepped up in that game and ended up on the score sheet. So Flyers-Leafs today, we'll break it down tomorrow. We'll also preview flyers Canes tomorrow, the last game before the Christmas break. So everybody, enjoy your afternoon hockey, and we will talk to you tomorrow on a brand-new Flyers Day. When I walk beside her, I am the better man. When I look to leave her, I always stagger back again Once I built an ivory tower So I could worship from above where I climbed down